0: Hello and welcome to the Property Roundup here on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we chat to industry experts to get a view on activity on the ground and to learn about new trends emerging. This show is sponsored by Daft.ie, Ireland's most visited property website. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Margaret Barrett, Managing Director of Mortgage Navigators. Margaret, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Carol, thanks a million for the invite, on. And um, Margaret the start of the year always feels I I am one of these people um I put a lot of store into new start new year fresh thinking new habits new financial habits yeah. and a conversation was going on it within our household about uh you know getting finances in order and um, so it's a really good time for me to be talking to you um and I want to really help uh, and make this as informative as possible for anybody who might be thinking of buying their first yep. home potentially self-building or maybe even trading up or down um or getting involved indeed in investment um but the the buy to let market that that seems to be few and far between at the moment but before we start Margaret you might just give us an overview of what's happening in the mortgage market in Ireland as we as we um start into 2024
1: Yeah, very good, Carol. Thanks very much. And you're dead right. I'm sure there's people that have moved home um, into their family homes over Christmas and said, will I move back home? Won't I move back home? Will I buy? Won't I buy? So it's absolutely a great time. And we always see a massive spike in January of customers starting that mortgage process or certainly starting that initial conversation. Um, And I suppose, look, I suppose the good news is is that we're starting 2024 with the news that the European Central Bank are really looking at their interest rates and interest rates potentially are going to decrease. Um, and that's a good news story because this time last year we were in the height of rate hike increases um, and saw a raft of um, rates um, increasing over the last 12 to 18 months. Now they've been stable for the last, you know, four or five months which is really, really positive and, you know, hopefully by the back end of next year or the back end of this year that we'll see Potential interest rate decreases, so it's a good time. It's a good news story. Um, we're also starting to see supply coming back into the Irish market, um, probably not at the rate we'd like, Carl. Um, you know, we'll we'll finish. I think we finished 2023 with over over 30,000 units coming to the market. That's up year on year. Um, but we, what I suppose, the good news story is, is that we can see a good pipeline of properties to come to market and I suppose there is a mixture of these properties. There is the standard new built property um, but furthermore we're seeing a lot of new affordable houses coming to market, more social housing and certainly more cost rental properties coming to the market. So that's all positive news Um, and I suppose to circum, or I suppose to underscore that again, the banks are open for business Um, and they are lending and we're seeing lewd lenders coming into the Irish mortgage market as well. So all positive signs um um and i suppose look that's coming from a low threshold unfortunately um but it's going certainly in the right direction um so i i think 2024 2025 are going to be good years from a, a supply and and mortgage perspective carol
0: that's that's a, a great note to to open not just the show but the new year on um but i suppose first i want to focus on interest rates uh so, yes, uh, we've seen uh, I, not just huge increases, but successive increases um mm-hmm. in, in 2023. And yet, surprisingly, first time buyers were getting mortgage approval and using their mortgage approval en masse. Yeah. So yeah. with interest rates rising, or, or or set to or sorry set to come back in 2024 and obviously um you know nobody has a crystal ball here, but it's certainly that that's the indication that we have. Is that actually a good news story? because I suppose uh, I'm conscious that over the last year and 18 months when we had price increases uh, rate increases, house prices didn't drop the way we thought they they would. We had a little tiny period of a drop. And then they started to stabilize and are now starting to increase yep. again. Now, that's quite dysfunctional that house it prices, is. particularly for first time buyers and mortgage home buyers yep. would continue to to uh, would continue to even hold steady or increase in the face of rising interest rates. Um, yep. And the fact that we're seeing a shift in the interest rates. But the demand for housing is still there. The supply, while you've outlined kind of reasons to be hopeful about the pipeline right now, demand still is well outstripping is. supply. Yeah. Can can we consider interest rates to be a good news story in that context?
1: I think we can. Um, and I suppose what we've seen is that, and look, 67% of our market is made up of first-time buyers, so we can just speak about those uh, cohort of people particularly. I suppose they have proven they have the affordability because they're caught in a rental market that's also dysfunctional, Carol, um, and the average rental outgoing in Dublin is over €2,000. Euros. And I suppose if you were to purchase that property and mortgage it, you'd have a mortgage repayment of €1,400 Euros per month. So they have the affordability and the, and the proven affordability. But the problem we have in Ireland, and you've, you've you've hit the nail on the head, is that we have such a pent-up demand for property that hasn't been addressed for over over a decade. So whilst we're bringing over thirty thousand units to the to the Irish market in, in in properties, we probably need need somewhere around the fifty thousand. Um, so that demand is whilst we know it's there, um, and unfortunately, it's not being treated as an emergency situation. Um, and look, in fairness, the government have brought in lots of new measures to, I suppose, help. the the pipeline flow and make it that bit faster from planning to to end result of a a new property turning a key in it. um, We still have if I like if we looked at our, our population, we have 86,000 people aged between 29 and 35 living at home with their parents. um, And that is in its own right dysfunctional. We now know the average age of a mortgage um, applicant is 35. And if we to look back into 2004, so like just scroll back 20 years ago, that cohort of people, of 35 plus accounted for 17% of our of our mortgage market and our, our property purchase. So we're, unfortunately, we have created a whirlwind of problems. So I suppose getting that interest rate decreased is absolutely a positive. You know what I mean by that? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, we're coming from an all-time low where the, the ECB was at 0%. So that's not sustainable either. You know what I mean? So... Back four or five years ago, we would interest rates of 1.95%. We now have interest rates of 3.65%. We, I suppose, are lucky in a way, if you can say this, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, that the Irish banks didn't pass on the full 10 um, rate hikes that the European Central Bank um, issued. So we've probably only seen 50% of the rate hikes. Um, so in my opinion, I would suspect we'll see the Irish banks slow to pass on the rate reductions. Mm. Um, So we may still have 3.65 for the vast majority of 2024, but you would be hopeful that something will come at the back end of the year and we'll get down to the 3.4, 3.2% and get that a little bit closer to the 3%. I suppose the very the important thing there is that it's
0: moving in the right direction for people who are uh, existing homeowners and for those who are potentially thinking of buying in twenty twenty four. Um, you know, I I, I like that you I acknowledge that a lot of the problems we have in the property market uh, today ha- have been created. They didn't just happen. You know, successive yeah. policies, um, a, a lost decade of home building. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I think it's really important that we do position it as actually these are problems that you know, we created or we certainly um, fed into uh, across industry and across policymakers. And I think it's really important we position it like that so we don't continue to make the same mistakes again. And you can see a little element of that kind of creeping back in. So, um, you know, it, it's something that I think is really important for us to get right. Um, you you talked about cost rental and there have been a number of really good state schemes. Um, cost rental, I think, has been maybe designed with uh, lifetime renters in mind. But actually, yeah. there's a lot of very savvy people um who are applying for cost rental. And, you know, it's still being delivered through a bit of a lot. Well, a, a lottery system, essentially. So um it, it's not accessible to all, but it will become more accessible as more cost rental yes. uh, homes come on stream. But are you meet, meeting potential home buyers who are maybe using cost rental as almost a savings mechanism?
1: Well, they could, and you you could see why they 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 potentially would go down that line. Look, I I I think we and I I, I spoke at the property summit, Carol, and I, I I noted this point as well. Is that we're now all eating out of the one pot, right? Okay, so you have the private so a new estate goes goes to market with three hundred houses in it. The potential now is that. You know you'll have social you'll have affordable you'll have cost rental um all inside in 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 that new estate right okay mm-hmm. so often I, I spoke to a customer last week and she was living abroad hoping to come back and she said to me who's my biggest competitor and unfortunately her biggest competitor is now the government you know what I mean and you know it's because we have the private developer pushing the properties to market but everyone is lining up behind it to, to get the property Um, and I think that's that's the, the, the problem we've created and if we to look back to you know the Celtic Tiger uh, boom of property in, in 2000 six we had a population of four four 4.1 million and we delivered over 55,000 properties. We now have a, a population of 5.1 million and we're delivering 29,000 or 30,000 properties. So like it's not matching you know what I mean by that. Yeah. So like we've created this whirlwind of, of problems and Okay, we're now trying to get out of it. You know, when the government, in in fairness, have come with very good schemes, um, you know, to 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 help people to get on that property ladder, but I suppose the government government owning an equity share in your property may not be the answer. You know what I mean by that? You know, it okay, it gets the person on the ladder, but is it creating a problem for down the road? You'd have to wonder. Um, Margaret, that is such a powerful point you made
0: there in terms of home buyers uh in the marketplace that their main competitor is the government. I mean I, I, I certainly in the last twenty five years don't ever recall a scenario like that. And I know in the last number of years we were looking at Um, you know, approved housing bodies coming in at the time buy to let investors maybe were still purchasing to some extent, although we're not seeing that anymore. You might just give us a breakdown of the people that you're talking to. So you mentioned 67 percent of your current applicants are first time buyers Um, are the balance those kind of moving mortgages? Are they trading up and up or down or are you seeing many buy to
1: lets? So we're seeing very few buy to lets We'll start. We'll start at the bottom of the pile. Um, we're seeing very, very few buy to lets Um, we are seeing a number of customers living abroad that had immigrated over the last number of years, trying to return. Um, so we're we're certainly seeing a I suppose an increased level of conversations happening i suppose you know what i mean by that i suppose projects are kind of limited carl so it might be somewhat of a deterrent um from a from a property perspective we're certainly trying we're seeing a lot of customers in rural areas trying to self-build their property um and getting caught i suppose in the whole planning regulations that that are coming with that um and then we're seeing a cohort of customers that are caught in the rental market um and be it the landlord is selling or the property is no longer suitable and they're trying to buy that first home. And I suppose, unfortunately for that cohort of customers, because they're paying such high rental outgoings, it has prevented them from saving that elusive 10% deposit. So they're kind of nearly forced into purchasing that three-bed semi-detached that they can get the help to buy scheme on. Um, And that's the cohort. And I suppose look i suppose we know that over 57000 people applied for a mortgage last year and out sorry oh, oh, sorry my my that figure is wrong i think over 50000 people applied for a mortgage last year um and 47 were home right okay so 47000 were home so they're they're getting through the pipeline but it's not fast that's yeah. the that's the key and i suppose if i had to send one message out to anyone that's anyway thinking of 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 buying a property in the next 12 to 18 months is that you have to be prepared um and be it mortgage prepared location prepared or property prepared but you have to start because it's not a fast process um you can be guaranteed if an estate goes up with the billboard saying 300 houses coming in 2024 you can be guaranteed that probably 50 percent of them are now bought off plan um so we're back to that era you know what i mean which I'm not saying it's good. You know what I mean? I'm not promoting yeah. that at all. But we are unfortunately back to that era where people are lining up for properties. And it's not that that property is ticking all the boxes. It's that it's actually pretty much, Carol, a roof over their heads. Which That's, is... You know,
0: that is such an awful scenario to be in. You know, I I, think it's maybe three, maybe even nearly four years since we saw the first instance post crash of home buyers queuing in their cars overnight yeah. around new developments and i think at that point it was maybe in in limerick and you know one of the things you're right when you identify the trend it's not that these people are are rushing to buy their dream home they're rushing to get out of ireland's even yep. more dysfunctional rental market. And yep. um, Margaret, can you can you explain something to me from the from kind of, a, I suppose, somebody who understands the mortgage application side? You know, a number of years ago, we talked about the importance of mortgage um, applicants being assessed based on showing affordability because they're maintaining these incredibly high rents, sometimes for not just three, four five years, but 13, 14, 15 years um yeah. and there has been mixed commentary the banks tend to come out and say no we do we do count that as um that that you can meet the the repayments but that obviously it's eating into the capacity to save for a deposit so can we just break down those two yeah. separate things um so rent that's been paid whether it's over years or in some cases decades now because that's where yeah. we've moved to in this housing crisis um is that absolutely taken as affordability.
1: Yes. So there is, there is, I suppose, three assessments if you to really whittle it down, right? Okay. So there's the loan to income. So that is what your gross salary is as a first-time buyer, multiplied by four, as a mover, multiplied by 3.5. Two applicants, it's combined. Okay, so that's the first one. So that tells us the maximum amount of money you can borrow. The second, and it's probably the most important um, assessment, Carol, is called proven repayment ability or demonstrated repayment ability. And that is pretty much catching the mortgage amount that you're going to be paying every month. Most banks are now stress testing for 2% and probably rightly so, given what we've just come out of 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 rate hikes and so you have to pass the stress test what they take to show that proven repayment ability is rent is number one but it has to come out of your bank account so you have to bear in mind that we're assessing your salary account or current account and savings account over the previous six months or the six months prior to application. And we're looking for that mortgage repayment, stressed mortgage repayment over that six months. So if you're paying €2,000 Euros per month for your rental outgoing, and we can see it going out on the 25th of every month, that is proven repayment ability. So that is telling us that you can pay that amount of money towards the mortgage repayment. If the mortgage repayment is stressed and it's stressed at, let's say, two and a half thousand euros and you're paying your two thousand two hundred in rent, we're now looking for three hundred euros. And that's where the regular savings comes in. And there is no way past that, Carl. I suppose if I had to call out the number one reason applications will get a decline, it's for demonstrated repayment ability or proven repayment ability. Um, and there is there was a time banks might look at 80 percent. You know what I mean? That, you know, Prior to the rate hikes from the ECB, there was a time, you know, banks would say, look, if you can prove 80% of the demonstrated repayment ability, we'd be happy to assess it. It is now 100% and often the case, it's 100% plus distressed.
0: So, but but that makes sense, doesn't it? Because actually, then we
1: are protecting the next generation of homeowners. Absolutely, and like I'd always say to customers, okay, this is a box-ticking exercise. You know, if you're not doing it now, we can put a plan in place to do it for the next six months. But the reality is, is that this is a long-term financial commitment. So it's fine to get the mortgage today, but circumstances can change. So it needs to be your mortgage repayment, I suppose, to put it in one description. It needs to be comfortable on your worst month right so there's no point it being fine you can do it for the bank get approved by the house and then your circumstances change your family might grow children might come along there might be unpaid you know maternity leave or paternity leave you know so it needs to be comfortable as i say on your worst month um to ensure that it's not financially stressing you so it's fine to please the bank you know what i mean that's satisfying the central bank of ireland if they were ever audited but in reality it needs to be really comfortable. Uh, Margaret, I love that. Actually, I think that's
0: that's the way we need to be speaking to people who are considering getting a mortgage. You know, when we talk about proven repayment capacity, it needs to be comfortable in your worst month. That's, you yeah. know, I, that that's a way that I think people can understand because they understand the cash flow of their year and some months are better than others even if you're in a salaried position so I think that's exactly. really important okay so you've got your um, loan to income you've got your proven uh, repayment capacity so what's the third yeah. big consideration so the
1: next one thing that that and I suppose customers can't predict this so this is where you need you need the broker you need the bank to help you so we have to look at your debt service ratio and we have to look at your net disposable income and I suppose very Jargon-free debt service ratio needs to be under 50%. So that's your gross monthly income. And when you pay all your debts and your, your obligations, that you still have 50% left over. So banks like to see at least under 50%. Some banks, Carol, would actually go as far as saying they'd like to see it under 40%. Again, it goes back to my point, it needs to be comfortable. You know what I mean? Um, Net disposable income then is actually your take-home pay. So we'll say your take-home pay, what you've left over every month and how much you can service your debt so your mortgage your car loans if you have children there there's a deduction taken off per child every month um and those two are you know obviously have to pass assessment if that all passes, you are going to get approved. And it's as simple as that. You know what I mean? There is nothing else to satisfy that you need to satisfy the bank. Okay, we might look at your employment. You know what I mean? If you're, let's say, a professional contractor, which we do deal an awful lot with, that you're, you know, there is longevity left in your contract, that we can prove that your income is sustainable. So if you're self-employed, the same, you know. Know what I mean we're looking back over the last two to three years if you're if you're a PAYE full-time permanent the box is ticked you know what I mean so your salary is assessed as is um, obviously we're looking at your bank accounts then I suppose from a, a side note assessment we're looking to make sure that you're operating inside the terms and conditions that there is you know no major gambling going on and I know that's the, the one that an awful lot of people talk to no one is going to decline you a mortgage if you have a tenor on the grand national but if you are Betting on a regular basis, let's say, call it 50, 60 euros per week, that's actually assessed as a financial commitment. So we're now assessing you for a financial commitment, maybe at 100 euros per month. Um, So that can, I suppose, go against your your mortgage application. But once you're operating, as I say, inside the terms and conditions, you're not living in your overdraft facility um, that you're not living out of your savings that your accounts aren't I suppose decreasing um, in, in the value month on month there should be no issues in getting a mortgage application and I suppose Carol not to, to tout a broker but you know a bank will do the same uh, someone that understands mortgages is there to help you like I suppose if anyone came to me for a mortgage my first thing is you know okay if you're not ready today we'll get you ready you know what I mean it's it's about working with the person and, and again going back to that Point, making sure that it's comfortable and they understand it and all the rest of it. But I suppose, OK, box ticked on the mortgage application and you get yourself approved. The next biggest step actually is finding the property. And I suppose we now know that that's an issue, but it's probably the most important part of, of, of the mortgage journey, um, because this could be your forever home. Um, so it needs to be right. Um I, I'm there's a
0: couple of things of what you've said there that I do want to break down, particularly um, maybe to give some special guidance to those who are um, currently living abroad and thinking of returning home and also for those who are interested in self-build. But you touched on something really important there that I do want to get a little bit more information around. And that's um, getting people mortgage ready. So, you know, before we came on air, you and I discussed really that, um, you know, Talking about our personal finances, it's still not something that we do. And I know, you know, you had mentioned that you know maybe it, it's still a bit of a taboo. Whereas I'm probably showing my dysfunction at having been self employed during the crash, where it's not even a taboo to speak out loud. It's that I don't even like thinking about it, you know. know. And and so we have a weird relationship with our personal finance. And you know, just this morning I was listening to Jess Kelly on News Talk talk about the the things that we um the subscriptions that we have, the small subscriptions that we have. I'm afraid to even look at mine, but I'm quite I'm... sure there's so many there that could be cut straight away and it almost feels even though I know it's something that would benefit me, um, it feels like a job that I almost don't even want to start. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I, well, first of all, like, let, let's address maybe the human and the psychological side of um, getting comfortable with our personal finance, is that changing? Or, or is the next generation going to be better than we were?
1: I actually think they're going to be worse, Carol, and I and I genuinely mean that. Like, I, I come from, you know, prior to joining Mortgage Navigators, I worked with Bank of Ireland, and, and part of our remit was around financial well-being. And, and I, I can even speak for my own kids. I have three kids, and I can guarantee you they are useless with money, you know what I mean? Absolutely useless with money. And I'd be, you know, fairly on them for to be good with money, but they're not. And I'll tell you the reason they're not is that they don't handle cash. So they don't know the value of a 10 or the value of a 20. You know what I mean? They're tap, 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 tap. Um, And we see that, you know, some customers will come to me and they're, you know, mid thirties and they're like, oh my God, I'm mortified now because I'm tapping all the time. It doesn't make a difference, you know, from, from a mortgage perspective, once you're managing your finances. And I suppose there is I suppose if I go back to and we will bring it back to customers. So to answer your question, mm-hmm. are we are we creating financial well-being and financial literacy for the next generation? I think we have a lot of work to do. Um, and, I, and I really mean that a, a lot of work to do for financial literacy. Um, but from a mortgage perspective, I suppose my advice to someone that is the the 12 and 18 months out customer and they're actually, I love speaking to someone that is half thinking, you know what I mean? Half thinking about buying a house because I'll put things in place to make them disciplined. So like I'd often say to customers, there's no point you coming to me and you've no demonstrated repayment ability and I telling you, you need to save 2000 euros per month when you haven't been doing it because I can guarantee you that 2000 euros will go into a savings account and 1900 euros will come out the next month. So you have to, it's like a habit you're forming a habit so like mm. if if you're trying to get to that 2000 euros and you're doing nothing today you start with 200 you increase to 300 you increase to 400 so that you're taking it out of your net disposable income really slowly um, and you're adjusting to it really slowly Um because and I'd often advise someone if they were Bank of Ireland banked Open an account with the credit union, open an account with the post office, make it difficult for yourself to get to the money. Um, Now, where there's a will, there's a way, um, but there's no point putting it into a demand deposit account that you can just transfer straight off or opening a vault and revolute and transferring it back and forth because you'll do it. You know what I mean? Um, So it's it's creating a habit, you know what I mean? And that's the. The number one bit of advice but sometimes what can often happen carol is that people will come to us and say i'm after putting a five euro deposit on a property and they're not meeting any criteria and that's the worst conversation you can have you know so because you have to wait a minimum of that six months um for a bank to, to assess if it's outside criteria
0: um, are there still people doing that i mean that's something that used to happen a decade ago but i i, I see buyers today whether they're first-time buyers or they're those looking to trade up, up or down they're much more savvy, they're much more knowledgeable about the marketplace. And I suppose we probably don't see what's happening behind the scenes. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I just wouldn't have thought there'd be too many people going, putting a booking deposit down on a house without even checking for mortgage, because actually even estate agents today, um, before they even show a property to uh, yeah. to a potential buyer or investor, they look to see proof of funds. They, they ask about the mortgage. You know, these are really important yeah. first steps. You know, one, yeah. the thing that I'm really taking away from our conversation today, Margaret, is that I, I think you've kind of demystified the process by by saying, actually, there are only three bars that you have to hit. And if you hit those three bars, you get your mortgage to the amount that is appropriate for yes. you, the stage of life you're at, the, the job that you have, the career that you have, the family situation that you have. And I think that in itself actually would be quite freeing for whole buyers Absolutely. to know
1: it. Absolutely. Um, and to, to engage, Carol, and I suppose yeah. that's and I, I like a broken record, but engage. We don't charge for our services. So mm. pick up the phone. You know what I mean? If you're not ready, you're not ready. We'll get you ready. But if you are ready, we'll get you approved. So like, you know, and I suppose... You know, most banks and most brokers at this stage have an online system where you upload your documents, you're prompted, we all have checklists that you tick off. Um, it's quite easy, you know what I mean. Like if I had to call it out, we've to prove who you are. So proof of address and proof of ID. Um, we may ask you to run a, a central credit register report, which is an ICB report, just to make sure there's nothing flagged there that we we'd have to anticipate before we submit it. We need to review that you're s- sound financially. Um so six months current account statements, 12 months uh, savings statements. If you've been living abroad, we need your bank statements for whilst you were abroad and and potentially a credit history report for abroad as well. Um, And then we have to prove your income. So if you're, P A Y E, it's easy. HR complete uh, a salary cert and your last two to three pay payslips. Um if you're self-employed, slightly maybe a little bit trickier and probably a little bit more preparation is how I'll, I'll, I'll call it out, because we're looking at your last three year sets of accounts. Um and I suppose if I had to call out Carol for self-employed, especially limited companies and, and sole tra- traders, you know, there is there's the ability to be very tax efficient, I suppose, on your accounts, um, but by being Unduly tax efficient, you're reducing your income for assessment. So there is a little bit of preparation that might need to be to be done in advance of a mortgage application to make sure that the accounts that we're assessing are reflective of your true income. I suppose is 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 the thing. Um, and but that's for it. people, sorry, Mark, for people who are self-employed, is it still three years? Because we're we're
0: seeing not just in Irish in Ireland, but globally, there's this move towards kind of the gig economy, move towards. Uh, contractors. Yeah. So, it, it so yes, technically it's self-employed, but you're not yeah. self-employed in the way that we used to. Imagine people yes. being self-employed. You're long-term contractors to the same company, earning usually yeah. slightly above um a, a salary. So, actually, have there been mortgage considerations to reflect the changes that we're seeing in in employment trends? Not just again yeah. in Ireland, but globally.
1: Yes, is yes is the answer to that. And I suppose Mortgage Navigators has come about. Um, Carol, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but we're we've come about about through Contracting Plus, which is an accountancy and payroll for for contractors. So I suppose we're that's my bread and butter. I suppose if I to, to call it out is is the professional contractor, and that's what we're good at. Um, and I suppose when we came to market, we were coming to market. So you know, with the the niche of that vast majority of our applications. Would be contractors, even though we're open to, to the full market. Um, so we've sat down with, with the lenders. We have discussed how we will submit our, our mortgage applications and our credit papers to ensure we get those professional contractors through easily. Um, and I suppose, look, there is a taboo because what ha- often happened was that professional contractor presented to a bank and the person they met didn't know if they were self-employed or a uh, pay because what? they have pay slips. You know what I mean. They're working yeah. for a company, um, but they're actually self-employed. You know what I mean. In 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 a bank's world, they're self-employed. So mm. what we need for that applicant, Carol, is. If it's if it's someone that's coming out of PAYE and is starting a professional contract for the first time, banks will actually assess them as the PAYE. So whilst their salary as a professional contractor has the potential to be more, they will still assess them from a mortgage application on their PAYE salary. Because worst case scenario is that they go back to PAYE. Um so I suppose the the word or description I always use for Professional contractors are self-employed. Is that we have to ensure and that we present that the income is sustainable. Um, mm-hmm. That you know that you know, regardless if this contract is seven hundred euros per day, um, if they were on five hundred euros, it's it you know it, it, we have to average it out. So what we normally do is that a long-term self-employed or a long-term contractor is that we're looking back at them. If we can, three years, but banks will accept them over two, right, okay? But they're also looking at the contract in hand. So, like, let's say it was 2022, 100,000. 2023, 110,000. What's 2024 going to bring? So now we're looking at the contract and we're annualizing what's expected of that contract from an income perspective. And we're trying to show that it's sustainable and consistent. So then the risk is taken away. Um, is that difficult uh, when you're
0: taking a three year period and we have just come out of COVID during those three years. So actually for a lot of people in contracting that might have skewed. So they might have two years good performance or yeah. a year of good performance, a year uh, or sorry, a year of low performance and then
1: two years good performances that averaged out. It, it is. So what you, you do in that case, because everyone knows COVID existed. Right. So if that person was self employed back in 2019, we're trying to find the base year, right? OK, so whilst we won't average it back to 19, we're trying to show the bank that actually 2022 and 2023 are actually a, a reflective year of consistency. Bear in mind, 2020, 2021, there is a dip, but the dip is due to COVID. And bear in mind, the banks are reasonable. You know what I mean? And you you can, I suppose, negotiate with them to a certain degree once you can prove, as I say, that it's it's, sustainable is is probably the biggest thing because what, like, as we said about the first-time buyer, this is potentially a 30-year contract or a 30-year financial Mm -hmm. commitment. So whilst the contractor might be earning 150,000 this year as a contractor and and their contract, their PAYE was 70,000. So like, even from their own perspective, what happens if they don't get that 150,000 contract again in year two or in year three? Um, so, look, it's protecting everyone. Obviously, the banks are out to protect themselves, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and I suppose have responsible lending and all of that sort of good stuff, um, Carol. But customers also need to protect themselves, you know what I mean? There's no point I saying, oh, yeah, fine, you, you, you're passing 500,000. And they knowing that the applicant number two may not be working in two or three years time um, because they're going to be under financial pressure is the
0: yeah. So I I like that you bring this back to really quite a common sense approach. Um I'm conscious of time, but there's two things I just really want to to um run through with you, and that is for those living abroad, um yeah. how receptive are the banks to those living abroad, uh working abroad but intending at some point to come back to Ireland?
1: Yeah. So the good news is that we have a product because there was a time that we didn't have a product and we now have a product. Not all linders have a product so um you know where we are I suppose you know there's two or three linders that will will consider it. The terms and conditions of the assessment is slightly different Carl. So first time buyer here in ireland can borrow 90% first time buyer living in dubai looking to come home can borrow 70%. so that can often be the number one stumbling block right okay so um so let's say you're you're buying a house for 400,000 you need 120,000 sitting inside in a bank account um and demonstrate that it's sitting inside in a, in a bank account what we're assessing is your income when you're living abroad so again a person living in dubai um let's say a doctor living in Dubai or a teacher living in Dubai. Um, We're assessing the income so it's four times income. So the same Central Bank of Ireland rules apply. So four times income, um, the same net disposable income, the demonstrated repayment ability. All of those assessments are still the same except we're assessing it in the home country. If there is a currency fluctuation, which more than often there is, we are deducting a a stress test on the currency by 20%. And furthermore what we're doing then is we're looking at if this person comes back to our Ireland, what will that income be? What will be their job? Can we prove that their income will be sustainable in Ireland? Um, and that's quite easy to do, you know what I mean, because we, we have plenty of pay scales uh, available to us. The one thing we have to prove is that the person has a connection to Ireland and is, uh, you know, how will I put this, has, has the ability to be a resident in Ireland so that there's no work permits or work visas required. Um, And we have to prove that that's probably the the Mm. biggest paragraph we'll write in a credit paper that, you know, Mary Murphy is looking to move home. Her family has been living in, in whatever. Dublin for the last 30 years so on and so forth Um, so that's there is a product it's not perfect the good news is that you can borrow at the private dwelling house rates that are currently available and um, so if it's a green property they can get 3.65% but I suppose the one thing to call out Carol is that this is not an investment product Um, so you're not buying the property for future rental income on it you're buying the property as your future private dwelling house.
0: OK, and look, again, I think that that makes sense and it would suit the people who are coming, uh, who, who are genuinely planning to come home. I suppose final question there is around the, you touched on it there, Um, those who are looking to self-build because this is something that uh, was problematic in the past, has become much easier and then but you know certainly in the post crash years banks did not like dealing with stage payments um and that so what's the situation now for self builds because there's still a fundamental a fundamentally important part of delivery in Ireland I mean you touched on 100%. the fact that you know there there will be close to 30,000 uh, new homes uh, it, it looks like the t- final bigger figure will be for 2023 but we know that um, about one sixth of those are self bills so it's a really yeah. important sector of the market. Um, and yeah. so, what's the mortgage application like for those people?
1: Yeah. Um. So there's only one or two differences. I suppose I'll, I'll go to differences rather than calling out all the all the the standard um assessment criteria. The number one is that if you're if you've inherited a site, um, which predominantly is is the case um you need a 10% contingency fund for overruns right so you can borrow 90% of the the bill cost right um or are the value sometimes what we're seeing unfortunately in again in more rural parts is that it's costing more to build the house and what the house will be valued at the end right okay so um and that's important to call out because you know people come to us and say it's costing me 450,000 to build my house but actually at the end the house might only be valued at 400,000 so the bank will only lend on the 400,000 um so we we look for a 10% contingency fund and Again, that's there to protect the customer rather than the bank, um, because we did see, unfortunately over the last two years that the the cost of inflation on building materials increased by over 30 percent and actually left a lot of my customers quite vulnerable um, to the point where they weren't able to complete the house to what they had anticipated that it would be. Um, so a 10% contingency fund is number one. Um, you need an engineer to draw down your stage payments so a self-build is on stage payments so it's nearly like a chicken and egg right okay you build bank pays you build bank pays um so you need your deposit you know what i mean the deposit is quite important just in case the builder in between the stage payment comes looking for cash um so that's the best way to describe it the end stage payment carol again is one that's different because the engineer has to go in and sign off the property that it has been built in compliance with the planning permission the original planning permission um and no no funds are issued until that is received um, at the very end. So it's quite a different process in, in, in ways, right? Okay. Um, but again, very, very doable. Like I suppose to go back to the point there, it's getting the planning permission may be the challenge. And furthermore, getting the builder is now becoming a challenge. Um, and, you know, I had a call last week with a, a, a client and they were saying, will we go direct labour or will we go with... Um, a a full construction company to come in my advice was go with the construction company and get it done um from because what happens is is the letter of offer stays valid for 18 months with a bank on a self build application so if that property isn't completed in 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 the 18-month period it's actually a full mortgage application Um, and we all know that that has something you only want to go through once or twice in your lifetime
0: yeah, absolutely. Actually the, the and the, so the eighteen months um that uh that facility only being there for eighteen months, that will that's actually uh, would certainly point people down the direction of appointing a main contractor there because actually it's very difficult to bring in your self-labour and get everything delivered and signed off absolutely. in that period of time. And we haven't even touched off things like um planning. But I think that that's maybe a larger conversation for another day. But we know we are still waiting for the uh for the Department of Housing to issue guidelines to the local authorities on rural self-builds. I mean, it's been such a a contentious topic. Um, The guidelines, they were due a decade ago, but we were promised them almost two years ago. It looked like we might have them at the end of 2023 and we still don't have them now. So I think uh, the future is less than certain for our rural self-builds. Yeah. However, it is such an important part of not just our uh, our housing market, but actually it's such an important part of our society and, and oh, absolutely, and keep, keeping our town our,
1: our towns and, and and countries alive actually yeah. is, is, is the thing.
0: Absolutely, and I think look, I I I feel like the rural conversation is only starting to happen post COVID, and um, you know we've seen more people choose rural Ireland, and that's that's starting a really interesting conversation. Yeah. But our facilities, whether it's uh planning or mortgages um and even infrastructure in terms of business and employment has yet to to I suppose rise up to meet that ongoing Absolutely. conversation and we, we don't know what form it'll take but I think it's a really exciting time for rural but Ireland you. and I hope we use the opportunity that we're presented with now um because I, agree. I, I yeah, you're, you're well. We have a time. We have court. a time to
1: reinvigorate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have time to reinvigorate. Um, and you know, we we've, we've seen it. You know what I mean? Our, our our small villages and and towns, in some cases, can field. Let's call it a football team. As simple as that. You know what yeah. I mean? And you you have you've towns and villages coming together to get a football team together. And that's Look, that's the heart of any small community. If I to be honest.
0: Yes, but it's also a true reflection of Ireland because uh, you and I both have offices in Dublin. You also have an office in Cork. We've one in Galway. You're joining me from rural Cork. I'm joining you today, despite the the backdrop from rural Galway. So actually, that is uh, that is representative of modern life in Ireland. And we we do need the National Development Plan is somewhat dated in this. And we do Absolutely. need uh, policy to reflect the reality and the reality is what people choose. So, um, Margaret. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. We might return to the issue of self-bills when those guidelines come out, and we Absolutely. know a little bit more. And so we know what the demand in twenty twenty three and or twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five is likely to be. But for now, thank you so much. That was Margaret Barrett, Managing Director of Mortgage Navigators. My thanks to producer Katie Talon and to the production team at Hear Me Royal Media. Also huge thanks to our show sponsor, DAP.ie, Ireland's most visited property website. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Property Roundup. In the meantime, please be sure to subscribe and to check out all of the other Irish and international real estate and construction shows here on iProperty Radio.